my parents had moved from uh, Bowmain to Riverwood in order to uh, give me a fresh start in new surroundings and to remove me from uh, bad influences. Rather funny, I thought. By the time I was released, both my sisters were living in housing commissions, accommodations, and my brother, Corey, was still working in the snowfields. Every year he'd be employed at various ski chalets in New South Wales. The season would finish and he'd return to Sydney with his earnings and spend it on heroin. When summer arrived and money was dry, Corey would travel up north somewhere to surf and work in hospitality. Surfing in the summer and skiing in the winter, not a bad lifestyle, but getting back to Riverwood, it seemed a world away from my old stomping ground of Bowmain and Piermont and Glebe. Following my dad's prior over-the-phone directions, I hopped on the train at Riverwood Station and eventually found the street. Uh, it was called Minnesota Avenue. They now lived in a two-bedroom brick apartment, the newest home they'd ever had. Mum and Dad were as affectionate as I'd ever experienced, which meant I got a little hug from both of them. As I, the door opens, uh, Dad looks at me. How are you, son? He said. Pat me on the shoulder. You're looking well. Uh, that freaking um, demon in my head started laughing in my soul and, and said he was um, he was right. That first night, mum and dad bought Chinese takeaway food to celebrate my release and I told them on my trip down from Mount Penang and how I was extra careful not to look back at that boomerang. After a few beers under their belts, they both retired to bed. By eight, I'd been gone so long from the world and from then that I felt disconnected from both of them. I was now nearly 18. I sat there on the lounge and watched the TV by myself for a while and then I decided to make a cup of tea. On my way to the kitchen, I noticed some papers in a bowl on the dining table. They had my name on them, so I took a closer squeeze. Default papers from a finance company for a car in my name. That threw me a bit. But mum and dad were fast asleep, so my question would have to wait. The next morning, I tackled dad. What are these? I waved the papers in front of him. Fucked if I know, dad mumbled. I own a car? What car, he said. I knew he was playing dumb. This fucking one. I threw the default papers up in the air. Settle down, you fucking idiot. Don't blame me, he said. You need to sort this shit out with Corey. He glared. I had nothing to do with my car or any car. It's not mine, Dean. Dad finished. I slammed my fist on the table. I'll fucking sort this out.
Fuck off, Dad screamed out in my face. Yeah, nice homecoming. It turned out my brother Corey had got and bought a car in my name under finance, so I was officially tethered to a $10,000 loan in my name. Corey was now somewhere down in the snowfields with a new T18 Toyota Corolla, in which he had not made a single repayment. He's always been a ruthless prick. Dad piped up. You might want these also. And he handed me another letter from the bank. I opened it. I wish I hadn't. It showed I owed another $4,000. What the fuck's this? I said. Corey bought a motorbike in your name before he purchased the car. What the? What the hell, I said. So I owe 14000 Is that right, Dad? I was livid. But I bit back my rage a little bit because I needed some answers. Where's the bike, Dad? He traded it in for that car. Fuck, I'm going to kill him for this. Whereabouts? I don't know, Dad said. Up some big car yard in Rockdale, I think. I left and I slammed the door behind me with visions of bashing Corey, punching through my mind. And I stormed off down the street to find um, the car yard with the Asanda Bill of Sales, the registration papers and my discharge papers from Mount Penang clutched in my hand. I marched towards the bus stop and caught the bus to Rockdale. I was so enraged that if anyone had just looked at me twice, I would have started a fight. I intended to take possession of the motorbike. I leapt off the bus at Rockdale. It stopped right outside the car yard, as luck would have it. The address matched that on the bill of sale. I charged through the, the cars and into the office ready for battle, startling the receptionist. Can I see the manager? My ass what it's regarding. Her tone was snippy, cool. She removed her glasses and sent me an icy stare. It's about the car I supposedly purchased from here on finance, except I've been locked up for the past two years. If I was going to get anywhere, I wasn't going about it the right way. I took a deep breath and made the effort. Listen, love, I'm sorry. It's not your fault, but I've just found out someone's bought a car on finance in my name. Oh. And she immediately picked up the phone and dialed and started whispering softly into the mouthpiece. I couldn't make out her words. She didn't take her eyes off me. She hung up the phone and smiled but it was like a weak kind of smile. Someone will be with you shortly. Please take a seat. And handing my papers back to me, she gestured to the waiting room next door. I'm okay, I said. I'll stand. Minutes passed and the door opened behind the receptionist and a man wearing a cheap suit and a crooked smile walked through. Hello, sir. I'm the sales manager. How can I help you? You sold a fucking car and financed to my brother in my name. I'm now in debt for $14,000. I handed him the registration papers along with my release papers from Mount Penang. There, mate, marry that up. His eyes started darting all over the bits of papers I gave him. In less than 10 seconds, his face dropped. Well, you couldn't have been in two places at once now, could you? He managed to say. 
And there's another problem on top of this, I said. Where's the fucking bike he used to trade in? I beg your pardon, sir. He looked startled, standing on his manners, manners as he was only served to annoy me more. Don't act dumb, mate, I said. The fucking, the black XT500, the Yamaha. The bike was also in my name. My dropkick of a brother used that as a trade-in on that car. Oh, I see, the shifty salesman said. And furthermore, <coughs> who done the deal, my brother? I stepped in closer. The manager paused, I did. At least he was honest enough to admit it. Well, I want my motorbike back and I'll sort out the matter of the car for my brother. So all you want is your bike back. Then you'll sort out the rest and we'll have no problem. That's right, mate. And the manager cleared his throat. He was definitely feeling uncomfortable. I'll have to fetch the bike from another car yard we own. Can you come back first thing in the morning and the bike will be here for you? Good as gold, mate. I'll see you in the morning then. His lack of opposition had simmered me down somewhat, but I still stormed out the back door towards the bus stop and I still wanted to smash my brother's face for what he'd done. I strode along the footpath of the Princess Highway, kicking cans or any other stray objects in my path. I vowed to pay Corey back for this. I rushed to the bus shelter and sat on the seat and waited for the bus back to Riverwood.